This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski, and you're listening to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. I'm Dean Hill. See you at ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling Podcast. And today we have got a very cool episode. So first off, I would like to welcome my brother, my brother from the same father and mother, my co-host in all time, my lifelong co-host, Mr. Jared Street, the Plastic Sheik. How are you doing today, brother? Good, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm hanging in there. You just get off work. Yeah, just get off work, ready to ready to knock this podcast thing out, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what else is here? We've got a very cool We got very, somebody else here? Yeah, man. We've got a very cool and very special guest. He is not only the pissed off one. <laughs> he is <laughs> he is the big picture, Mike Jablonski. And I tell you what, I couldn't ask for a better co-host today with our very special co-host in one Mike Jablonski, how you doing today, brother? What's going on, guys? I'm doing better than I deserve. Hope you guys yeah. are doing well as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, we're well, doing good. Good well, to have yeah, you here, man. Definitely. Good to be here, man. I'm glad that somebody cares enough to care what my opinion on anything is, let alone one of my favorite events, the Royal Rumble. That sounds like our, what we talk about all the time. Like, we're just glad somebody likes to listen to us, apparently. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Literally, we just hit record on our conversations. So, you know, you brought that up, Mike. That is, I totally agree with you, man. This episode is dedicated to one of my favorite all-time pay-per-views. You know, in, in the past, from 1988 to, you know, it's 2023 this year. I can't even believe I've been watching wrestling actively that long and oh, longer than that. But anyway, 2023 is here and it is the 2023 Royal Rumble season. And I tell you what, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out the card that they're making for these shows because I tell you, WWE really holds these close to their chest. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, I definitely think that they're, uh, you know, they've, they've had the big push with the pitch black match with, you know, Bray Wyatt and uh, L.A. Knight. And I just had yeah. a pitch black Mountain Dew, too. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> not sponsored here which we were but uh, yeah come on man <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, that, that's that's about the biggest and, and the kevin owens roman reigns matches they're just not a, not a lot announced about it yet so you know we're gonna see how it goes and it's definitely one of my favorite events for as long as i've been a wrestling fan basically yeah, yeah, you know, and and you just you hit on a point that kind of baffles me. Everybody says that the internet has killed wrestling, but it's like you just said, Jimmy. Like, there's not really any information out there, and like you can't dig up scoops. So the fact that they've been able to keep things close to their chest the way that they have is just unbelievably amazing to me. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's a concerted effort for sure, and I, I respect that. So what we're going to do is ultimately the breakdown of today's show is in. in here in a little bit, we're going to discuss the Royal Rumble as a whole, the idea and all that good stuff. And then later on in the show, we're going to take our minds and we're going to try to figure out 
who's going to win these matches in a little bit of a pick em kind of deal. It's not like a fantasy draft or anything, although it could be technically. But at the same time, we'll do our best to pick the winners and losers and maybe the surprise contestants and all that good stuff. But before we get to that, you know, last episode, episode 25, was the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. And honestly, we've had great numbers with that. And I didn't know if that was going to be a surprise or what. But the cool thing is a lot of people listened. They definitely wanted to hear it. The other cool thing is we've picked up people as we've gone along on this show. So, you know, more people were listening. And, you know, I'm very happy with the turnout for that episode. And I think people didn't really hate our picks. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, Sheik. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... Have we checked the YouTube comments? They may have hated them. No. You know what's funny? There was one guy that commented and he said, oh, way to start the show with Greg Gagne. Impress me more by going back and getting his dad to do it. And <laughs> I was about to type. I was about to type. We're working on it. But instead, <laughs> instead, the message got deleted and the guy said, hey, I genuinely love this show. Good job. Y'all do a great job. It was like he took a, he did a whole total baby face turn in the middle of the episode. He, he took, he took a look at his life and he was like, you know what? Yeah. But yeah. they did pretty good. Greg yeah, Gagne is not that bad. This. Yeah. Greg Gagne is not the worst. This is Greg Gagne and give me back my pro wrestling. <laughs> He's definitely not for us. He's like, our <laughs> show, so. yeah. 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 Mike, I thought since we were having you on here this week, we would maybe get your idea. What's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Like, what's that uh, look like for you? Man, way to put a guy on the spot. Um, <laughs> That's what we're here for. Let's see here. As far as my Mount Rushmore, you have to understand that I started watching wrestling in the uh, mid to late 80s. Yeah. So um, I'd say number one would have to be Macho Man Randy Savage. Dig it. Love it. Yeah. Followed by Ricky the Dragon Steamboat because they had a match that absolutely um, set the wrestling world on fire at the WrestleMania three mm -hmm. and, and those two guys, um, followed by the great Muta, Muta. Mm. which, uh, you know, Jimmy, you and Wolfie always talk about how you're into gimmicks. Uh, um, yeah. Muta yeah. was just, Muta was so far ahead of his time and, uh, there, he had s so much talent here oh, in absolutely. the States yeah. that they never really tapped into i mean for god's sakes he 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 may not have invented the moonsault but he was the one that made it mainstream oh, here in totally. the states yeah and yeah. you know he was becoming a bigger baby face than anybody that they had on the roster before he graciously made his exit back yeah. to japan which yeah. i knowing what i know about the business now i completely understand that yeah um yeah. if jake roberts would be next on the list just because Ooh. He yeah. had, he had that it factor as far as when he spoke, you listened and it didn't matter who his opponent was, yeah. you, what, what side of the curtain he came out of, whether he was heel or whether he was face, you cared what he was talking about and, and what he was doing. Yeah. And, um, lastly, the man that was the whole reason that I fell in love with wrestling to begin with was, uh. None other than the immortal Hulk Hogan. What's it gonna do? Yeah, um, yeah. That's that. That would round up my Mount Rushmore with just on the spot, without giving any real thought to it. Just the the first few names that come to mind. 
Dude, I mean, you got Macho Man, Muda, Jake the Snake, and Hogan. Are you kidding me? That's that's a great Mount Rushmore all day long. So, you know, the the one thing I always like to Wolfie and I talk about with with Muda is he was the original People's Elbow, and he did it in a way that was so quick and so fast. Oh, yeah. It was just it was amazing, you know. So, Jan yeah. and I, we even talked about that on the watch along we watched. It was just he was great. And, you know, what's funny is Low-Key always reminded me of his workability. I don't know about his attitude in the back. I don't want to speak of that. But Low-Key always seemed like he was kind of like a junior Muda in a way. But anyway. Oh, most definitely. Muda's work with Sting is like, I remember that as a kid, like thinking, this is like awesome. I mean, just like. Yeah. Their feud was just. Oh, totally. It's right up there. I mean, it's not, it's not, it can't be Sting Flair because. They just had much more history, but just just the the short amount of time they got to work together was poetry in motion, I think. Yeah, well, think about it this way. Sting and Flair, when they saw them, it always seemed like Flair was doing the honors for Sting. It didn't feel like Sting was there yet. But when it came to Muda and Sting, even though maybe not actually work rate as far as it goes, but from our minds as kids, they were absolutely on par with one another. It was one guy against the other. And honestly, it was a super underrated, even though it's it's very well rated, I think it was a very underrated, you know, angle that they had together. It was amazing, man. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't want to get off too far, but before we get into this, you know, we don't typically talk too much news because we're every other week show. So by the time the show drops You know, it's news is old, but we would not be doing our job if we didn't bring up this whole WWE debacle, especially since we're talking about the Royal Rumble today. You've got Stephanie stepping down, Vince returning. I enjoy destroying lives. And there's a possible sale to the Saudis, even though there's respectable sources saying that it hasn't been done. So I I don't know, man. Mike, what do you think about all this, dude? It's it's overwhelming to say the least. Um, I've not uh, I, listen. I, I I don't want to sound a certain type of way with what I'm about to say, but uh, <laughs> however I sound is just how I sound. The Saudis, like uh, it's no secret that the shows that they they were doing over there before any of this was discussed, I was not a fan of. I felt like. Uh, yeah. It was bad business dealings. To, to it essentially feels like Vince McMahon and the WWE have sold their soul just for money, right? And like, which I understand. If anybody builds something and 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 waters it, and nurtures it, and watches it grow, they should have the ability to sell or or do or treat it however they want to. But at what cost? Like. That's that's a major American company that will, for lack of a better term, will be outsourced to another country. And it's just so many people's futures are up in the air behind it. Like, it's just it baffles me that this is the direction that potentially could be going. They could be going in. Yeah, man. Think about what it can do to the women. I mean, I don't, I I know that there are teams like in football, European football or, or the soccer, as we call it here in the good old USA. 
I know there's teams owned, they own certain teams. And I know that that's not necessarily crazy in other sports, but I don't know that they own a WNBA team, do they? I mean, do they own a, a women's soccer team? I, it would be interesting to see how the, the women would be treated. I do know through a lot of reading about it last night that it would take them from a publicly traded company back to, to private, privately yeah. owned. I mean, Jared, what, what are your thoughts on all this, man? It's it's somewhat crazy, man. I read last night before midnight. I was just kind of surfing the web and I saw I saw WWE sold and I was like, what? Yeah, right. Exactly. But I was checking some of my usual sources and I couldn't find anything. It's not like I'm uh, Dave Meltzer here and I've got these sources, but I was just checking some of the usual like places I read stuff and I couldn't find anything for sure. But there was one person reporting they had sold to the Saudis and I was like, man, this is crazy. I was like, I know Saudis are probably the top dollar. I, I can't imagine anybody being able to pay more than the Saudis. Right. Unless, unless maybe Disney or something drops a boatload, but I just don't see Disney dropping as much as the Saudis would for this product. I always find those matches in Saudi. I don't really, I'm not as pissed off as Mike is about the matches in Saudi. I just find them flat. I found the audiences are very flat over there. Yeah. They, they don't, I don't know. It's not quite North Korea when WCW went over there. But, like, I just find that the audiences don't get fired up. And, you know, sometimes they don't even get fired up in the States, but at least there'll be a couple matches they'll usually be involved in. But Well, they're probably scared to get too fired up. <laughs> that's, that's probably true, too. I do worry about the, you know, I'm not, I mean, uh, nothing against them. I'm not the hugest fan of women's wrestling. I think Charlotte Flair, in my opinion, is the best woman's wrestler to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Just her smoothness in the ring. That's not a knock on any women's wrestlers or anything like that's just my opinion um yeah i'm hoping that maybe i don't know i mean i I don't know who would be the best fit for them i know nbc universal has been like mentioned as a potential thing there there could be some good stuff with that because they already have the network on there and then they they could even put some kind of attractions at like universal studios and stuff like that possibly so maybe that would be a good fit for them i've heard disney i've heard disney on and off for years that Disney by, by WWE. I just don't see the fit to me, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. It's crazy, though. I think I, one thing I want more than anything out of all this is for Vince to stay the hell out of booking the matches. Kiss my ass. I, wa- yeah. I don't want him. I don't want him anywhere involved in it. Kiss my ass. He, he's lost his touch. You violated me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's been a genius. He's, he's put the business kind of where it was today and it's at its highest moments, but I don't, he's, he's lost his touch. He needs, he needs to stay out of any kind of booking. So I don't know. And as, and as much as he needs to stay out, I do believe triple H needs to stay in. I'm really, <laughs> yeah, enjoying, I agree. I'm really enjoying where triple H is taking things. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Mike? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a good person to ask as far as the creative is concerned, because I think I've watched maybe two, two episodes of raw since uh, the regime changed since Hunter took over. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't follow the product um, near as much as I should being right. a fan of professional wrestling. It's just, I'm just so spent over how bad it's been over the last, let's say five years that yeah. I, I just can't get excited about watching wrestling anymore. So yeah, again, man. I'm probably, I'm probably, and that's, that's a horrible thing for me to say, claiming to be a wrestling fan, but I just, I'm there's, 
there's not enough wrestling on a wrestling show anymore for my taste, if that makes hey, any sense. Yeah. Amen. I totally agree. To me, I, I agree with that. There's not enough wrestling or on the other show, there's too much bad wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, you know, what's bad wrestling? I think we all know what bad wrestling is, but again, I don't think AEW by concertedly making an effort to do less talking and make more matches, the matches aren't really well thought out. I, I just have a lot of issues, you know, I said this recently on another podcast, the one that I do with Wolfie D, as everybody knows, right? Jared, say it. You can say it. Does, does Wolfie cut you a check every time you mention his name? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway, that being said, the effort that that AEW puts into putting more matches on the screen rather than talking, I do feel like, you know, and it's funny, Mike, once you said that about them coming in the ring and taking the microphone from Tony Schiavone and they do it to him every week, it was like the one episode of Mike Jablonski's pissed off that dropped that was about that was talking about the previous week of Daniel Bryan. And as I'm editing your show, show mike (laughs) i'm watching john moxley do it to tony again i'm like oh my god this is ridiculous and it just doesn't stop dude it just doesn't stop but you ever get the feeling that it's it's a rib and they they do it on purpose because they know it pisses people off it might it could (laughs) it could be a rib on tony you never know right yeah Yeah. well yeah you know i don't know i do feel like in a few weeks or maybe a month maybe even after WrestleMania and we can reconvene and do this for WrestleMania too, if you guys want to, but after WrestleMania, I feel like everything is possibly going to be totally different, especially for the WWE, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. As it is said, never say never in pro wrestling, right? That's the consistent thing. So absolutely. So Mike, you are a resident professional wrestler. You know, we're going to bring you into this conversation specifically because you are a professional wrestler. You're an active one and you have been for a long time. And the Royal Rumble, the magic to me was all the guys you could see and the surprises. And I loved even the the 90-man battle royals that WCW did. I am a sucker for a battle royal. Now, on the independents, the outlaws, whatever you want to call them. I know that the battle royals are specifically sometimes done for a different reason. What I would love to hear your opinion on, talk to us about a battle royal. You know, the idea for them, the booking of one, how do you work it in one? Like, do you tell a guy, hey, it's your turn to go? Or do you kind of give a guy time to get out? You know, anyway, talk a little bit about battle royals, Mike. Okay, so battle royals are basically... 10, 15, 20. I, I believe it, believe it or not, I've been on some shit shows where they've had a five man battle royal. Um, right. Right. So it, I believe it, that. It, it's, it, it's basically everybody starts at once the way a traditional battle royal is. And it's over the top rope. Both feet have to hit the floor. Yeah. And it's, as far as the, the booking, it's usually, there usually is some, either cash prize or uh, maybe a title shot or a number one contendership that are usually um, involved as far as the battle role is concerned. Otherwise, why would, why would everybody be risk quote unquote risking life and limb of potentially being thrown over the top rope and being injured yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to do that. So as far as the working of a battle Royal, I've seen it done um, multiple ways. I don't really like it's really kind of a, a a gray area as far as getting into the actual structure of that. Um, 
I, I don't would prefer not to discuss that part of it, but I understand. I, yeah, of course. Cool. Uh, but generally there's a, there's, there's some sort of, there's some sort of booking decision being made as far as for someone to win about a Royal, the booker sees something in that individual and there there's a potential for them to draw money long-term down the road. It's usually sure. a launching pad of some sort, yeah. as you can see in the more traditional today's more uh, traditional Royal rumble. Cause that's usually who, you know, whoever wins, they get their title shot. At the yeah. uh, whichever world champion they they choose, or whichever title they choose to go for, so uh, traditionally they they've used it as a launching pad for yeah. uh, booking decisions. Now I've also been on shows where there was six guys, <laughs> and there was an opening match, there was a tag match, and then there was a battle royal with all of them in it at the end. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that, and and. Because uh, and and this is going to sound horrible when I say this because I'm guilty of it. Uh, benefit shows are the worst because yeah, you'll book a benefit for somebody and instead of saying hey you know we're overbooked we can't use you they'll take and put seventy guys in a power <laughs> roll and you have a benefit <laughs> show that lasts for sixteen hours and um, <laughs> three eternities. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been at those before too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. Like it just <laughs> the the battle royal itself has really come off as a, uh, a a melting pot of let's throw everybody that we have in in one match and just you know the people that we couldn't uh, to steal a line from Jim Cornette lazy booking the people right. that we don't know what to do with let's just throw them in a battle royal. I've, I've walked into shows with with unadvertised battle royals that have happened because they had people that they couldn't book that they wanted to get on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, that's pretty much you know. I think you did a great description, a very proper description of what a true battle royal is and the idea behind it and then obviously we knew that back in 1988 sometime i do believe mr pat patterson came up with the idea right. of twisting it a little bit to where they do the delayed entrance to where it's less guys in the ring at one time and then it never you know and then they come out slower and it stretches the event out a little further without you know and, and it gives great stories to where a guy can last the whole time 60 minutes or whatever, like Ric Flair and that kind of thing. You don't know what 60 minutes is. You don't know what 60 is in the bedroom or the ring. Why don't we do this? Let's take us a little break here. Listen to a commercial or two. Let's hear what Mike Jablonski has to say. Let's see what he's pissed off about real quick. And we'll be right back after these messages. This is the big picture, Michael Jablonski. Don't forget to tune in every week to Jablonski's Pissed Off on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling YouTube channel. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday, Live and in Color with Wolfie D. 
And we are back to give me back my pro wrestling, the Royal Rumble episode. And now, of course, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Vince debacle and what's going on in WWE. Obviously, I don't think that's going to affect anything on the Royal Rumble, being that as it's a few days away. Also, I don't know that it's going to affect anything even through WrestleMania, and it may not be effective of anything at all. Maybe it's a smooth transition. We also heard from Mike and him talking a little bit about how a battle royal struck and the thoughts behind the reason for a battle royal and 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 what it can do for a guy, especially if you're the one and they're picking you to go further and carry the title. What I want to do now is kind of just talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to do a quick little conversation about the concept of it. So the Royal Rumble differs from the classical battle royal as the contestants do not enter the ring at the same time, but instead are assigned entry numbers, usually via a lottery, although desirable spots are occasionally assigned by other means, the most common being winning a match. This match begins with two wrestlers who have drawn entry numbers one and two with the remaining wrestlers entering the ring at regular timed intervals, either 90 seconds or two minutes according to their entry number. This format is credited to Pat Patterson. To date, only five men who have been one of the starting two wrestlers have won the entire Royal Rumble. Shawn Michaels, 95, Vince McMahon, 99, Chris Benoit, 2004, Rey Mysterio 2006, and Edge in 2021. Michaels, Benoit, and Edge were entrant number one, while McMahon and Mysterio were number two. While only four men who have been the final entrant won the Royal Rumble, The Undertaker in 2007, Cena 2008, Triple H in 16, Brock Lesnar in 22. Among them, The Undertaker remains the only one not to win two Royal Rumble matches. Cena won again in 2013, Triple H had previously won in 2002, and Brock Lesnar had won the Royal Rumble in 2003. The most common numbers to win are 27 and 30, and 16 eventual winners entered at the number 25 or later. The Royal Rumble match traditionally involves 30 wrestlers and usually lasts an hour, although the 2011 edition had a 40-man field. The greatest Royal Rumble, the only edition to have a 50 entrance, was the longest lasting one hour and 17 minutes of a five-hour pay-per-view event. While the first televised Royal Rumble match in 88 involved only 20 men and lasted 33 minutes of the two-hour broadcast. The 98 match nominally had traditional 30-man field, but only 28 individual wrestlers competed as Mick Foley entered the Royal Rumble match three different times as three different gimmicks. First as Cactus Jack, then Mankind, and finally Dude Love. The 2018 Royal Rumble was the first to include a women's Royal Rumble match, contested under the same rules as the men's, including having 30 participants. So, according to the rules, participants are eliminated from the match if moved over the top rope and both feet touch the floor. Hence, a wrestler who exits the ring without going over the top rope is not eliminated from the contest. For example, during the 99 match, both McMahon and Stone Cold left the ring only to return later in the match. Furthermore, a wrestler who only touches the floor with one foot is not eliminated from the match, a rule which greatly affected the 95 match, allowing Michaels to re-enter the ring and win the match. Although he has not won a Royal Rumble match, Kofi Kingston has become synonymous with finding various ways to 
keep at least one of his feet from touching the floor. In the 94 match, the last two participants, Bret Hart and Lex Luger, were declared co-winners when officials were unable to determine whose feet touched the floor first. Although this was the intended outcome, a similar situation occurred by a legitimate accident in 05 when Batista and Cena eliminated each other and hit the ground at the exact same time. This time the match was restarted, though various referees are charged with observing the match, some eliminations have gone unnoticed to allow the eliminated participants to sneak back into the ring and continue. Austin was able to re-enter the ring in this way and win the 97 match. Although eliminations are usually caused by active participants, eliminations caused by other means have been ruled legitimate, including self-eliminations such as Andre the Giant after seeing a snake in 89, Mil Mascaris diving out of the ring from the turnbuckle in 97, and Kane in 99. Although Randy Savage's jump over the top rope in 92 was not ruled as self-elimination. Elimination by previously eliminated participants such as The Undertaker eliminating Maven in 2002, Kurt Angle eliminating Michaels in 2005, or Sonya Deville eliminating Naomi in 2022, or non-participants such as Shane McMahon eliminating Shawn Michaels in 06, and The Miz eliminating John Cena in 2011. Furthermore, an injured wrestler can return to the ring as long as the match is still ongoing, such as Austin in 99, Roman Reigns in 2016, and Randy Orton in 21. But not if the match has already ended, such as Spike Dudley in 04, Scotty Tuhati in 05 and can also be replaced by another wrestler, such as Mick Foley replacing Test in 04, Sami Zayn replacing Ty Dillinger in 2018, and Nia Jax replacing R-Truth in 2019. Okay, so I just went through the whole thing. I'm sorry, y'all don't need to talk. Just kidding. So <laughs> I guess let me start with this. The history of the Royal Rumble to me is one that I've always loved. What would you guys say, I guess, Let's start with you, Jared. What would you say would be your favorite rumble of all time? Do you have one? Yeah, and it's a it's a bit of a, you know, some people are going to be like, oh, that's lame. Everybody loves that one. But 92 is my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's widely regarded as one of the top ones. Right. It has so many Hall of Famers, stars, whatever you want to look at. And you're like, everybody that comes out, you're like, oh, my goodness. This is like, <laughs> like, like only, I mean, like, and I'm not even like bashing these guys, but like only the berserker and the repo man kind of feel like, like lesser stars to some degree. And, and, and that match and, and they're both, right. you know, have several, several years in the business. And, you know, repo man was Barry Darso and had hall of fame career, s- you know? hall of fame career, several, several gimmicks that, that worked. And, you know, he got over, um, Absolutely. But, but 92 is my favorite. It's I like I like the fact that it was for the title, I think. Uh yeah. that, that makes it a little special. Yeah. And you know, Bobby Heenan also makes that match a little bit because he's so nervous about Flair being so early in the match. Right. And he's like, he's like, this is a travesty. What is he? He's like, shut up, gorilla. It's like it's not fair to Flair. I love it's it. It's not fair, yeah. 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 So so he's going on and on. I mean, like let me ask you a little trivia question to either of you two. You probably know it. But the first Royal Rumble televised was Hacksaw the winner. The yeah. first ever Royal Rumble they did at a house show. Do you know who won that? I want to say it was um, one man gay. Man, my man. Yeah. That's, yeah, nice. Love it. And just a, a little, a little spoiler about that. They, uh, they, the night that they did the, uh, the match, I forget where it was at, but they kind of did some foreshadowing. 
as far as what the return event at the same arena was going to be in a few months because they announced the card as the one-man gang taking on challenging for the world title with Hulk Hogan. And then wouldn't you know who won the pony ended up winning the Royal Rumble that night. So they kind of stooged, they kind of stooged the future booking off by mistake on that same, on the, on that same event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, what was your favorite rumble? Uh, I don't remember the year, so forgive me on that because I'm I'm old now and I've been hitting the head a lot. Um, but it was the Royal Rumble that uh, the the WWF at the time started giving people something that they didn't even know that they wanted, which was Hogan versus the Warrior. Okay, it was it was that Royal Rumble where um, well the dissension between Hogan and the Warrior kind of started. Right. And then Warrior ended up, I believe Warrior went and ended up going back on to win it after Sid eliminated Hogan or whatever. They were just starting to tease to build up to the WrestleMania match between Warrior and Hogan. Yeah. Well, I know that Hogan won in 90. Now, one of the things that the Ric Flair, the 92 that Jared was talking about, and that's actually my favorite one as well. I'm just going to go ahead and say that Sid eliminated Hogan and then Flair eliminated Sid. Is that how that worked in the 92? Uh, you know what? I, I think I, I think I'm probably mixing the same. I'm, I'm twisting my timeline now that you mentioned that. I believe the way that it ended up going down was that uh, Hogan Sid eliminated Hogan. Hogan was jawing on the floor with Sid. Flair yeah. came from behind and eliminated Sid. I believe was the yeah. actual the yeah. actual group of it. So maybe the same one, but that ended up. Matter of fact, I think it might have been '92. The timeline's yeah. kind of sketchy for me, but. Uh, like I yeah. said, that was the that was the first taste of something that that, that me as a twelve year old fan at the time oh, uh, yeah. don't mean to date myself, but I just <laughs> dated myself. Me as a twelve year old fan at the time, like I didn't even have any inclination that I wanted to see Hogan versus the Warrior, and then that that kind of they kind of went at each other in that same Royal Rumble, and yeah. I was like, wait a minute. This could yeah. be big, and and you know, knowing now uh, what I didn't know then, you know, Hogan was was leaving for a while. He was going to make movies and trying to become a bigger star than what he already was, and that was kind of a passing of the torch, right? right. And you know, it may not have ended the way that maybe they had hoped that it would, because Hogan eventually came back and had to be the guy. But um, man, it was just the the foreshadowing that started in that particular chain of events was is unreal to me at yeah, that, and, at that and, young age. You know, one of the cool things I love about when when Sid and Hogan are are fighting each other and they're they're ending up working against each other, and Sid actually looks to Hogan and says, "I'll kill you," yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they catch it on the camera. <laughs> I'll kill you. You know, they don't typically say we're going to kill you. You know, <laughs> no. so anyway, you know, some people would say that you know ninety two is is the one, and I've got to agree in my you know as far as is the quality of the match. Of course, I love it that Rick. Flair one being that that the Nature Boy is in my all time favorite. Being a Jim Crockett kid, you know, are there any matches that you guys remember on the Royal Rumble pay per views that really stood out to you that you liked that was not the Royal Rumble match? Uh, is it Undertaker or Shawn Michaels was a good one. casket match? Yeah, that was a very good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I can't remember what year that was, but 
Yeah. One of my favorite matches that actually happened was the Bret Hart Razor Ramon match on the 93 Royal Rumble. That was a really good match. You know, I know I don't really, really remember them working together a whole lot. And, you know, it seemed like Razor Ramon's kind of remembered for being in a match with HBK and the ladder match and that kind of thing. But he and Bret Hart had some good chemistry, man. I, I don't know why that match isn't talked about more, but it was almost a 20 minute match on a Royal Rumble, which honestly is one of the matches that actually ends up you know being one of the better ones on that card so yeah. uh, so one of the things that I always liked about the lead up to it was doing the lottery and guys figuring out ways to work around the entrance and all that good stuff like you know how Flair was trying to work his way down and one of the most memorable ones to me is when Eddie Guerrero and, and Flair draw at the same time and this was I guess probably I want to say 05? was it five yeah oh five you're right and Flair and him hug in the back and he steals his, yeah. Eddie swaps his number with Flair's and Flair he looks at his and he's like holy crap this is amazing and he sticks it in his pocket and then Eddie's like yeah mine too and he hugs him and switches the numbers that just gives this you know gives an idea about how great you know Eddie Guerrero was as a worker man so, so good so I like the fact of like them showing the wrestlers kind of drawing a number. I know it doesn't mean anything really, right. but like, I like the fact of them showing that, but do you all like it? Or like, is it yeah. something that, that you're like, Oh, it's lame. It doesn't really mean anything. No, I like it. If it's done correctly, it, it really can build up uh, anticipation or um, drama as far as, as the match is concerned. So I, I, I tend to like it as well. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite elements, and I know this is going to be pretty down the line too, I'm going to assume was the epic posters that came out of 91 mm. and 92, where it's like yeah. literally their cartoon artists, you know, their pictures of all these men walking down an alleyway and they're coming at the person, you know, that's looking at the VHS cover. And of course I remember VHS covers because we're all that age of VHS age, <laughs> but you know, I always wanted to, you know, somehow have more posters and artwork like that. I feel like the 90 and they only did it in 91 and 92. And, you know, it kind of, to me seems like something that was synonymous with Royal rumble, but it, they never did it again. And it, it, it was like, it stopped in 93. What do you guys think of those images? <laughs> Uh, I love them considering I found a, um, it was on Amazon. It was a, it was an independent seller, but it was a t-shirt with the print from the, uh, one from 92, I believe it was, oh, that's um, awesome. on a t-shirt and I, oh. I bought it instantly and it's bootleg as hell, but it looks beautiful. Like it's, it's, it's in a size that I don't wear anymore, but it, I like it so much. I've kept it. I wear it every once in a while. Just even if it is baggy as I'll get out now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the, that artwork was some of the best that they they ever did, in my personal opinion. I totally agree, Jared. What about you, man? Yeah, I think I've got a. I'm pretty sure I've got a shirt from Homage dot com that has again not sponsored, but if they want to sponsor us, come on. But I think I think me and Little Sheik both have matching shirts of that that they they make that image. I can take it. That's awesome. That's it's awesome. pretty. Cool. I love I love that. Like all, just all the guys, it was like. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. That that poster artwork is is something that's legendary. The name of the artist that drew those. Do you know the name of the artist that drew those pictures? Mm, no idea. 
His guy, his guy named Joe Jusco, and he was a comic artist. He actually did some cool stuff. He's a legendary artist, and it was done with paint acrylic, so he did it like as an oil painting. This was the second Royal Rumble poster he did, the 92. He said he didn't like it as good as the first one since he was so bored by the fact that they basically wanted the same poster as last year with only some character and minor background changes made. He said it was like pulling teeth. (laughs) It's like this legendary image that we all love, but the the dude is just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know? So (laughs) Joe Jesco actually did some cool stuff. He actually did a lot of the Marvel masterpieces, trading cards. He did a lot of covers and, and stuff like that. You know, he started out as working for heavy metal magazine. He worked on Conan. He worked on Hulk. He worked on Punisher. I mean, he basically worked for every company, DC, Marvel, Top Cow, Wildstorm. Yeah. And and he did a lot. But one of the one of his highlights is he did an X-Men Wolverine card. And, and of course, his Conan the Barbarian and Vampirella trading card sets that he drew. But Jesco has also produced storyboard ads for ad agencies for such notable clients as WWF. And he provided the promotional poster artwork for WrestleMania 7 in 91 as well. So anyway, Joe Jesco, look up his stuff, y'all. I definitely highly recommend it. You know, 91 and 92 to me are, are epic in that the guys that are in are pretty much all Hall of Famers. Unfortunately, 92 is, there's a lot of them are, that are gone now. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the matches, though, that I love and, and is kind of overrated and underrated, not overrated, it's well rated, let's say that, is the 97 one with Austin. Give me a hell yeah! Where he's chucking dudes out and then he'll sit on the turnbuckle and look at his wrist. What? And then he'll chuck some more dudes out. What? And that became a thing for Austin that he actually repeated on in later Royal Rumbles. But the first time I ever saw him do it was in 97. The also cool thing about 97, and Wolfie, get your checkbook out. Wolfie and Jamie were the managers, essentially, for the Nation of Domination. And so I've talked to Wolfie about this. And he said every time one of the guys came out, they would go out with them. And I said, were you all told to do that? And he was like, no, but we could. So we did. And (laughs) if you look at the 97 match, anytime a guy from the nation, specifically the nation that Jamie and Wolfie were in, you can see that they are hard cam. Or if the guy's not, if it's not on hard cam and it's a, a handheld cam, then it's they're in direct view of it on the other side of the ring. I swear, if you watch the 97 Rumble, it's hilarious. They are never out of sight of the camera. And that is just so amazingly Memphis to me. I mean, that's the genius of Memphis right there, is knowing where the camera is at all times. (laughs) Yes, that's funny stuff. Yeah, so, you know, I've talked a lot about the Rumble and stuff as far as the past. Are there any other Rumbles that stand out to y'all that you really enjoy before we... We head into 2023. It was mid 90s. I was thinking there was the one where Stone Cold had too much like oil on him and he gets eliminated oh. and he wasn't supposed to. He was supposed to be like one of the final four guys and he gets eliminated like halfway through or something like that. Oh, and he, man. And he looks at Shawn Michaels and he like shrugs his shoulders. Hell, son. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? He like, yeah. I think that was maybe, I don't 95, know, 95. 95-ish? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mike, what about you, man? You got any other favorite Rumbles you can remember? Oh, man. Um, It wasn't necessarily for the Royal Rumble match, but uh, 
the one that had the street fight between Cactus Jack and uh, Triple H. I remember that well because yeah. it was the debut as well. Honorable mention debut of Taz against Kurt Angle. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. I couldn't tell you mm-hmm. what happened in the actual Rumble match itself, but I, I just remember that one being pretty significant and stood out pretty well in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, so with the history of Royal Rumble behind us, up next, we're going to talk about the 2023 Royal Rumble happening from the Alamo Dome on January 28th. We'll be right back with more from Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. If you're a pro wrestling fan, there's something for everyone at the Cheap Heat TV Podcast Network. From the Pro Wrestling Discussion Show, Cheap Heat TV Live, to the Interview Show, the Jackson Interaction Podcast with the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson. To the silliness of the Whitey Jenkins Show and the brand new Zip, Xander's Irresistible Podcast with Charles Anders. You can check them all out and much more over at CheapHeatTVLive.com. In a world that has been completely divided for so long, two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One, an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry. Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram. All right, we are back with more Royal Rumble on Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. And, of course, we've got our very special guest, Mike Jablonski, with us today. And picture, I tell you what, man, the 2023 event is right now, like we said before, they hold the cards so close to the chest here. And and it may come out a little more, but the matches that I have written down and the names and all that, I'm feeling pretty confident about as far as, as what we go. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to do a little thing called just a pick them. It's going to be our predictions for the winners of these matches. And then after the event happens, I'll keep our little scorecard and we'll announce who the winner is after. <laughs> and I don't know what we'll win. And it may just be a good congratulations. <laughs> so don't get your head boy. Add a, an add a boy. How's that? So I'm going to, you're the guest on the show today, Mike. So I'm going to go ahead and start with you. So for the women's match, this is predicted that Bianca Belair and Alexis will work. Who would you pick in that match? Oh man, Bianca is and and my buddy Adam Fuquay, if he listens to this, he's gonna be mad as hell when I say this. But Bianca has got the rocket ship strapped to her back. Um I I don't see I don't see them putting her under. I feel like Bianca's gonna win that one. Okay. Yeah, I agree. But what about you, Sheik? What are you thinking? Here's my thing. I think Bianca should win it. Yeah. I hope they don't mess up and put, I, I feel like Alexa is going with this Wyatt six or whatever thing that's coming yeah. or whatever that, that's her, said to be coming. So if she's going to that, she does not need the strap. Mm-hmm. 
So I hope they don't mess up and put the strap on her and then have her in that because she won't need it. Right. Right. So I'm, but I worry that they might. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so what do you, what do you but, say? But I'm, I'm saying Bianca. I'm saying Bianca. Okay. All right. Well, just because I'm this kind of guy, I do think it probably will Bianca. I don't think it's the time right now to take the belt off of her. I'm going to have to buck trend here and I'm going to go with Alexis just because maybe it'll be a short run and she'll win it back in a return match where Alexis is really evil and Bianca really has to battle that dragon. So I'm going to say Alexis just because I'm being different. So we'll we'll see who ends up with that one. All right. So the next women's match is Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Now, I don't like that. I don't know why they did the Charlotte return on SmackDown when this one, I mean, it would have been a week or two later, three weeks later, maybe a month, that they could have brought her to Royal Rumble and did the change there and Rhonda's just beating up people as she goes along and then Flair comes back. Maybe uh, who knows why they do things, but anyway, what do you think, Mike, who do you think is going to win that one? Uh, it's probably with, with Charlotte just coming back, it's probably going to be Charlotte. Um, I could never see another Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey match ever again in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. And that would be too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really, I don't have an opinion either way. I think they'll probably put Charlotte Flair over. Um, I, in all honesty, I hope they both lose. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a theory actually what's going to happen with it, but you go ahead, Sheik. What do you think? I'm, I have wanted to like Ronda Rousey as a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I have not been able to do that so far. Right. She looks, I, I mean, Mike, Mike can speak to this. I mean, like, I feel like she looks like she's like too, too, too physical. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying the right thing, but it like, just looks like she's like shoot fighting basically sometimes out there. Yeah, and I'm like, she doesn't look fluid. Yeah. Exactly. She looks uncomfortable to me in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I hope that Charlotte wins just for that fact, because yeah, I'm with you guys and I, I would normally try to just say, okay, I've got to go with Rhonda. But what I think this match is going to do is I think it's going to put Rhonda to bed for a little bit. I don't know that they have a place for her kind of talent right now, because look, you would have thought Shayna Baszler would have been pushed to the moon because honestly, Shayna is a better worker wrestler than Rhonda is. Oh, absolutely. She, you know, Shayna is got that believable element to her, but at the same time, Rhonda looks like she just has not got that part of it figured out yet that, you know, Mike, when you're in the ring and you know, everything that's about to happen and it, you don't even have to think about what's happening. You're just doing it. And it's, it's, it's something that you've done over the years and it's, it's second nature to you. And it just does not look like Rhonda has ever grabbed that second nature, you know? Yeah. Well, in a lot of it, and this this goes back to the 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 difference in in what wrestling was versus what it is now. There was spot shows and there were places to hone your craft. It, she signed a multi million dollar contract or however much her contract was, and she's basically had to learn in front of the national TV audience. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a gamer. She's she's an athlete. She's an experienced mixed martial artist, and and that's well and good, but. 
professional wrestling isn't mixed martial arts the same as mixed martial arts isn't professional wrestling. It, it it's it's the same, but it's completely different. And she's had to learn in front of a national TV audience. Whereas, if maybe she would have not been a national celebrity before she signed the contract, she would have had an opportunity to go out and hone her craft before she had the national audience on her. Yeah, and that's almost the element that she has to have because of the name that she had, and it's like you can't really push her. You know, even like somebody like Kurt Angle, and again, the Olympic wrestling, unfortunately, just was not a highlight for most people. For standardized America, Olympic wrestling, unfortunately, is not as important to them as something like the swimming or the basketball or the track and field element. The The wrestling has never been as important to America, even though it's awesome to watch and it's very cool to see those. And I would say Kurt Angle was a man before he started the Olympics and he was a man after that. Kurt Angle had the element of going to the Funkin' University and he got to do all these things before he got put in there and then when he was in there he was such a natural and and that's the other thing Rhonda just doesn't have that natural thing about her she she, you know yeah well she her background's in judo too whereas Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar who would be the the other natural comparison with Rhonda their backgrounds in wrestling okay so you're wrestling you're picking Rhonda then, right? No, I'm just kidding. no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I but, get what you're saying. But but see, they it's need her to point. be they need her to be the Brock Lesnar of the women's division. Right. And she just doesn't have that. Right. She doesn't like Brock Lesnar started out as an amateur wrestler into training to be a professional wrestler. Went through OVW everything before right. he got on big TV. Right. And she was just thrown to the main roster, main TV. I'm sure she did some training, but right. It's it's not the same. No, you're right. And I mean, I, I to spend any more time on this, I think, is is bad. It's, Probably true. Probably yeah. true, too, yeah. So so I, I will say this. We're all going with Charlotte here because I just don't think – here's what I think is going to happen. I feel like somebody like a Bailey is going to win the women's one, and that's going to be a natural setup right there for Charlotte. So I think this is going to be putting Ronda to bed or moving her on to someone else, maybe a tag team championship with, with Shayna. Maybe they'll do that or something. But anyway, I think this will put them to bed. One person, you know, I don't know that it's ever going to happen because my favorite women's wrestler is Tessa Blanchard. And Mm. I I realize people hate on her and and maybe for good reason, maybe not. But I would love to see a Tessa Blanchard Charlotte Flair match. I just don't know that that's ever going to happen, you know? So, yeah, I I will say this uh, as I've got dynamite on on mute because that's about the only way that I can stand to listen to the commentary. Is on <laughs> yeah. mute. Uh, there's a, a Saudi is not Usi sign in the crowd tonight. Oh. And that has made my entire night. Notwithstanding this wonderful program that we're recording right now. That's, that's a, that's a pretty good sign. That and is then the other one, the other one I like is uncle Dave fears corny, but I digress. <laughs> That's awesome. That's also awesome. All right. So with the next match I want us to talk about, and this actually is possibly my most anticipated match of the card other than the rumble itself, is the Mountain Dew pitch black match where the loser has to drink a bottle of Mountain Dew pitch black. <laughs> Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. Now, before I let y'all go at it here, I love Bray Wyatt. 
I've been a fan of his. I'm glad he's back. But I'll tell you what, I'm an avid fan of L.A. Knight, whether it's Eli Drake, whatever. I'm glad they got him out of that horrible managing gimmick he was doing for the fashion guys. I think L.A. Knight is a breath of fresh air. He's like half stone cold, half rock with his own thing going. When he was in Impact Wrestling, he was their one of their top guys in Impact. I was almost concerned that he was a little bit of a Miz ripoff. And I personally think he's topped the Miz and is actually somebody that is even better than that. Whereas I feel like he's climbing a ladder. And the only concern I have in this match is that he's a stepping stone for Bray. And I don't know any way around that. Maybe that's his role for the you know, for the whole deal. But at the same time, you know, Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. What what do you guys think? Mike, you go first on this one. Uh, as far as Bray Wyatt and LA Knight, like, man, never have they done so much with so little. They right. have, like, there's not really been, like, I find myself, what little bit of it I've seen, just won't get to the freaking point. Yeah. yeah, it just seems like it's long and drawn out, and and I get it. I under I, like I understand that that's part of the character, and they're trying to foreshadow and they're trying to do the storytelling. But at a certain point, Bray's got to get in the ring. It can't be just all promos. It can't right. be all just just right. just promo battling back and forth like he's. Which I mean, they're they're finally going to do it at the Royal Rumble, I guess, but. Like I said, I, I just I, I don't have as much as I hate to say it. I don't have a lot of interest in either one. I think um, if they do end up having an actual match, I think Bray goes over. Yeah. But it, what costs? Because L.A. is like you said, like he he can talk and he's got he's just got a natural charisma about himself. Right. Like I don't I I don't know that Bray needs the win. Right. As much as you know, L.A doesn't need the loss if that makes yeah. sense yeah don't, oh, totally. don't stifle him for a reason that yeah i agree with you dude i think you just said it almost as better than anybody it feels stifling to la night to let bray go over but you almost have to give it to bray because the dude was gone and, and now he's been lauded if he loses people will crap their pants on tv i mean seriously anyway what what do you think jared so personally I think there's going to be some kind of gimmicky finish where they get a bottle poured on their head or something. And like there's something <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know if the ultimate goal is to have LA Knight join Bray in his, in that group that maybe he's forming and yeah. uncle howdy and whoever, I don't know if there's an ultimate goal of that. I'm not, I, you know, I, I've it's, there's not been enough um, to give you that point. I think there's going to be some kind of finish, but I'm going to say, in some way, I think L.A. Knight's going to win. Okay, well. But I think you. it's going to be in some kind of hypnotic way or something. I, mean, I don't know. Okay, okay. So here's what I'm thinking. The reason that it's been so drawn out, Mike, and I've kind of tried to stay up on this because I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and I'm sorry to hear that you haven't, but in the regards of that speaking, you know, because I respect your opinion so much, I do want to see it from your point of view. When it comes to that, what was the previous event that they had before this what was the previous event was it crown Survivor? Survivor? survivors no no survivors was, no the one before the the was it crown jewel was that the previous maybe one? yeah 
Anyway, they were supposed to blow off and it was going to be Bray going over on L.A. No big deal. But here's the thing. They didn't expect L.A. to get over and L.A.'s now gotten over. So what they decided to do is instead of do that at Crown Jewel, they pushed it to Royal Rumble. And they're even talking about pushing it on to WrestleMania because of, of they're really loving what L.A. Knight's doing. So really the element that Mike was talking about of like it'll hurt L.A. more to lose lose then it will gain bray to win is kind of what they saw in in the idea of not letting them do that at crown jewel but i'm also with mike on the perspective of they need to shit or get off the pot with it it's got to progress in some way rather than oh hell he's turned the lights out again on him you know and uncle howdy's in the ring and you know all this kind of stuff but i'm with jared i do think there'll probably be some kind of schmoz finish and they'll end up finishing it off in wrestlemania and mike will just be <laughs> polishing the smith and wesson saying, dear god in this hey, hey we got the next episode of jabotsky's pissed off though <laughs> Nah, but nah, uh, I wouldn't be polishing Smith and Wesson. Have you seen how expensive ammunition is these days? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go with Bray, even though I'm with, I, I feel like it'll hurt LA more to lose than Bray to win. But I feel like they're going to have to give Bray the victory. Now, maybe extra points. Who is Uncle Howdy? Do we have any thoughts Bo, on that? Bo Dallas. Is it? Bo Dallas? I just a guess. I don't know. I'm, yeah, that's what I think too. I, I think that's the easy that's the easy um, yeah. answer. Mm-hmm. But I think if they're smart about it, they'll swerve and it'll be somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Matt Cardona. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I would actually be entertained to watch that would, Matt Cardona. If Matt Cardona was Uncle Howdy, that would be a huge swerve. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. Some days I like Matt, and other days I want to watch him jump off a cliff. But anyway, we'll go with that. But the next singles match before we get to the Rumble matches, and this actually may be the main event. But with that being said, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Mike, who do you think in this one? Oh, it's every bit of Roman Reigns. Um, Roman is he's too hot right now. Yeah. And the money matchup is 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 Cody's return, Cody right. at WrestleMania. Right. Um, just a story there. I'm wanting to win this heavyweight title that my father never could. Yeah. It's just it books itself, honestly. Right. right. Okay, Jared, what about you? Which worries me, Mike, that it books itself because WWE always tries to tries to ice skate up hill. So yeah. um yeah. I think 100% Roman Reigns the issue will be to me whether Sami Zayn helps Kevin Owens in some way or helps Roman Reigns in some way. Yeah. Well, I've thought about this myself as far as Sami Zayn. How how much of a heel would uh, Roman be if he turned on Sami despite showing his loyalty at the war games that they had a few weeks back? Right. I mean, yeah. But uh, before the reasoning, with the reasoning being, well, if he turned on the only person that was his family, I can't trust him either. Right. Yeah. That would. Mm. That, I mean, that That's would interesting. be a mega heel if they did that. But see, yeah. that makes sense and would get over, so they won't do that. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the one thing that I'm concerned about as well with this, because I still, 
I've never been a big Sami Zayn fan, although I do think he's very talented and he's doing cool stuff right now. And he, he's very entertaining and one of the reasons to watch as far as that goes. But does this really end up in a feud between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns? Is Sami Zayn going to be elevated to the level of a Roman Reigns? Because to me, Roman Reigns has finally somewhat reached that status of the John Cena of the, you know, I'll, I don't really want to say stone cold kind of level, but you know what I'm saying? He's become the top guy. He's that main eventer. Yeah, he's the main eventer. And does Sami Zayn, is he even able to be elevated to that spot, do you guys think? I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not able to be elevated to that spot. Yeah. It's just, it's basically a matter of presentation. I mean, people love Sami. They do. He's over. He's got got just an unbelievable charisma. Who would have ever seen that when he was El Generico? Yeah, exactly. You know, I I, I don't admit to being wrong about a lot of things, but I thought it was the end of the world when he he signed with WWE and unmasked. Yeah. But there's been so much good that has come out of that that I'm not going to say that he couldn't get over to the point of being a, a, a top tier talent. Right, uh, but it just—it's just—it's—it's it's how they present it. It—it's it, how they lay it out. It's, yeah. There's got there's got to be a certain story that gets told to elevate him there. I agree. And I, I just don't know that they're capable of doing it anymore. Yeah. Who did you pick, Jared? I'm sorry. Roman Reigns, 100. percent Yeah, I, th- I think we're three Romans across the board here. Did you have any thoughts on how they could do Sammy and and Roman, Jared? I, I mean, I, that's what I was trying to like think here. I mean, like my brain's spinning with how how they could elevate Sammy to be, you know, potentially that conqueror to end Roman Reigns. What is it? 700 some days on one of the titles. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's one problem I think WWE has right now is who is that person? uh, If not, you know, you know, somebody like Cody, like Mike mentioned earlier or whatever. I mean, he's beat everybody else. Right. So at some point you have to have somebody that can, dethrone him yeah i mean i i I agree i'm I'm with you i don't know that story i don't know that story to get sammy there i can see them having a match but for him to be believably somebody to beat him without being potentially like that face in peril ricky morton style yeah i mean something like that you know what that's funny i was thinking of that i wondered what the AM radio give me back my pro wrestling was talking about when Ricky Morton and Ric Flair were yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, no, yeah. that's, that's, that's the potential kind of matchup dynamic you have, like somebody who almost shouldn't be there versus the man. You're exactly right. He's gotten over despite all of his shortcomings as far as looking like a main eventer, and here he is. But anyway, you know, I I think we're all three Romans across the board, specifically speaking for, you know, I think Kevin Owens will give him a good match, and that's kind of where Kevin Owens is on the card, you know, upper-mid card. Upper-mid, yeah. Guy that can give the main event a a match, but at the same time, he's not necessarily going to be the speed bump that stops Roman Reigns during this path. I think his story is more about 
about the Sami Zayn element versus the Roman Reigns element. But now we're on to the women and men's 30 men or 30 women Royal Rumble match. Now, again, they don't have all these down. So I'm going to go off of a list that I found on the internet. And here's the women's. We'll start with them. Okay. So Becky Lynch, Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Asuka, Candice LeRae, Carmella in a return, Dana Brooke, Dewdrop, Mia Yim, Nikki Cross, Rhea Ripley, Tamina, Aaliyah in a return, maybe. Nikki and Brie Bella, they're predicting maybe in a return. Mickey James, possibly in a return. Emma, Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, maybe Naomi in a return. These are just predicted. Raquel Rodriguez, Scarlett, Shotzi, Sonya Deville, B-Fab, Zelina Vega. Any names stick out to you guys on any of those? Shotzi sticks out to me. I don't know that they'll put her over, but I wish they would. It'd be a change of pace from what they've been doing. Totally. Yeah, I agree. It, and it would kind of redeem some of her, that terrible match with Ronda that yeah. had no yeah. shot of being good. Yeah, what about you, Jared? I, I mean, like Candice LeRae's an interesting look for somebody that could be like kind of that underdog to kind of maybe step up and show herself a little bit. This, I mean, like I've always heard a lot of people, you know, not that I'm, you know, believe everything they say, but like a lot of the people like Kenny Omega, the young bucks really are very big on her as a wrestler. So Candace, mm-hmm. well, if they like her, screw her. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm not, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not so saying I not, agree with them, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm she's going to win it, but I'm saying she can show up and yeah. you know, potentially, well, uh, no, it would be cool. It would be a cool thing for sure. Maybe build her, build her. Clearly, clearly yeah. Johnny Gargano agrees with your your opinion there, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Do you want to pick Candace, Jared? Uh, no. If I'm, if you want me to pick the winner, I'm going to pick um, Naomi. Naomi, that's a good one. That could be shocking. I think her return will be the that, only well, shocking element. But well, they, yeah. they could be, they having her return and win it, and kind of like kind of yeah. like saying, "Hey, we screwed up." Yeah, um, I'm gonna pick, and this one is specifically will end up working Charlotte, in my opinion. And I, I can't expect much out of it because I'm kind of tired of of the way they work. But I'm gonna go with Bailey on this one. I think Bailey's kind of been in the back seat a little bit, especially she was hurt for a long time, and you know Becky was the champion. I don't know that they're gonna put a title back on Becky again so quick. So I'm gonna go with Bailey as the winner of, of this one. So again. I am the least qualified women's wrestling expert in the world, but Hey, I'm glad there's some doing it. So, all right. So now the one that I'm the most excited about for the 30 man men's Royal rumble, I've got a pretty generic list that I think will likely be in there. There's also like four or five of the top predicted names to be returning or show up. So Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, Seth Rollins, Carl Anderson, Elias, Mustafa Ali, Baron Corbin, Damian Priest, Solo Sikoa, Kofi Kingston, Dominic Mysterio, Sheamus, The Miz, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Rey Mysterio, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cedric Alexander, Austin Theory, Ricochet, Gunther, Drew McIntyre, Montez Ford, Jinder Mahal, Umberto, Brock Lesnar, maybe as a returning guy, 
Doc Gallows, and then some of the returns that they're predicting, and they're not 100% on, but X-Pac is a possible prediction for a return. Of course, we all know that Cody Rhodes is not sure about his timing on his recovery, but Cody's a big-time name that they've predicted. Matt Cardona is a prediction there, and some people have even said that the biggest movie star in all of Hollywood, in all of the world right now, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, may be returning to essentially set up the eventual head of the table match at WrestleMania. Now, I've even heard the rumors of there being a possible Cody versus Roman on Saturday night and The Rock versus Roman on Sunday night. Again, will that happen? There's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas there, but out of any of those names, guys, who do you think would or could or is the most likely to win the Men's Royal Rumble? Honestly, I feel like uh, Cody comes back from injury earlier than predicted, and I feel like Cody's going to be the winner this year. All right. What about you, Judd? I love Mike's pick there, and you know, if he didn't pick it, I would have probably picked it myself. But let's let's set up uh, something interesting because we don't know where Cody's at in his recovery. We don't know how they're setting up WrestleMania. If they're going with, uh, you know, if they're go- if I knew they were going with The Rock and Roman, I, he doesn't have to win the Rumble, and I hope. He doesn't win the Rumble. Honestly, like, I don't, right. The Rock doesn't need to win the Rumble to challenge Roman. Exactly. Um, exactly. But he could. So if, if The Rock shows up, I'm really worried he wins. Yeah. Um, so you're going with Dominic Mysterio. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going with, man, I don't, it's not a, but if you don't, okay, so if you don't have Cody possibly and you don't have The Rock possibly at WrestleMania, you need Roman an opponent. Yeah. So how about there's issues in the, the Kevin Owens-Roman Reigns match and then Sami Zayn wins the Royal Rumble? <laughs> oh, dude, you stole my pick, you bastard. Oh, I, can't, I, didn't. I can't call you that. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you were a bastard, I'm a bastard. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so you're, I mean, that was going to be my pick is that Sam. I'm sorry. No, I mean, don't be sorry. You got to go first. So Sammy Zayn is your pick and it's not necessarily what I want to happen, but I'm kind of thinking that they could go that way. And that, that would they, definitely that if, throw a wrench in. It doesn't mean that he's going to end up at WrestleMania, but at the same time, yeah. it could throw a wrench in everything. And yeah, that's an interesting booking decision. And, and he's hot right now, so the, the fans would love it. The fans would blow oh, the Daniel, roof off that place. Daniel Bryan pop that mother, you know? That would yeah. be what it would be. But I'm just going to go with The Rock then, because when I heard his name was mentioned, and again, you're exactly right. He doesn't need it. Honestly, in my deepest of hearts, I think it's Cody Rhodes, and he's going to win it. But Mike picked Cody. You pick Sammy. I'm just going to go with the odds-on favorite, The Rock. And I kind of think Cody is the is the pick. Like, I think if Cody is able to be in this match, he needs to win this match. He does. You're right. But is that too on the nose? Is it too predictable? Probably for WWE, it's too on the nose. But, I mean, it's almost so on the nose that it has to be. It's like Hulk Hogan dropping the leg on the Iron Sheik. It was, like, going to happen the second they stepped in the ring. So, anyway. Well, you know, guys, I don't know what it means to you to be – to receive an attaboy from me on a live podcast. (laughs) Whoever gets all these right or the most right or any of them right will be the official give me back my pro wrestling Royal Rumble 2023 
winner. <laughs> so just you do got we, that you got that going for you. <laughs> do, do we have any uh, like predictions of people you d- you didn't hear in your list that you think could show up? I, I mean, you. I mean, I saw some rumblings that Jay right. White is soon to be free agent from New Japan, and WWE is the front runner right now for him. Right. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I, I think that's his best decision if he does go anywhere. But again, he's in a weird position right now where he may have to choose AEW because of the unknowing of what's going to happen with the WWE. And and that could tie him up another three years of a very short window of time. You know, I would love to see Jay White because out of all those dudes, I've, I've enjoyed some of his work the most. But, you know, anyway, what, what about you, Mike? You got any thoughts? Uh, as far as, uh, surprises, uh, man, I, I, nobody really comes to mind. Um, yeah. I really hope that, uh, Damian Priest has a strong showing because I, I feel like he has the potential to be a star down yeah. the road. If they right. could ever figure out what they're doing with him. Right. Um, I don't know if the judgment day is still a thing, but, um, I was pretty impressed with, uh, his verbal ability and some of the, the promos that I've seen him in, uh, he yeah. kind of came across as more of a leader than Finn did at times. True. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah. he, he's just, he's just got a presence about himself and I hope he has a strong showing in, in, as far as, uh, as far as surprises, I, I'm, I never can tell any of these things. Right. And that's what makes it so much fun. I, true. you know, I don't, I don't search out, guest appearances or whatever, because at the end of the day, if I'm going to watch it, I want to be a fan. I want to watch it as a fan. I want to be surprised. Right. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I think that's, you know, the well said point. Jared, do you, do you have anything to say before we wrap up the conversation about the 2023 Royal Rumble? I just hope it's uh, one of the good years for the Rumble. I know, I know the Rumble tends to ebb and flow and and, uh, I hope it's a good one. Yeah. I hope I'm surprised by somebody. I hope I'm, you know, you know, it's in, it's in Texas. Can stone cold make an appearance? I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, but he, I don't, I don't know that he lives in Texas anymore. I can't remember where he lives. Who knows? He maybe screws Kevin Owens in the Roman Reigns. I, I, with a, with a stunner. Yeah. I mean, comes back, son, I'm going to whip your, you know, you know, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's yeah. always that element, you know? So. Yeah, I, I'm just. Uh, I just hope it's a good one. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I love the. I've loved it since the, I watched the first one with uh, my brother uh, right here. I, I, 1989. Yeah, we watched it. It was on TV. I, I can picture it pretty clearly yeah. in my mind. We we're at a house we grew up in, and yeah, I think Dad actually watched it with us, which is mind blowing right. that right. Dad would have watched it with us because right. he didn't he always like. He always liked yeah. to try to point out the blood capsules. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I'm like, Dad, they're, they're not using blood capsules. <laughs> now, again, I never thought they were using blood capsules, but now that I've learned a few things on down the road, yeah. who knows, whatever. But anyway, we'll get into that another day. I tell you what, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back, and we're going we're gonna to let Mike put himself over and stuff. So we'll be right back after these messages. 
you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. All right, we are back. And the sad news is, guys, we've all three been thrown over the top rope and eliminated. (laughs) And so we've got to wrap this one up here. So, you know, one thing that I've always appreciated about doing podcasts is having friends, you know, my brother, my buddy Wolfie. You know, but I also have my buddy from a long time ago. And honestly, I thought the dude didn't think very much of me when I first met him because I screwed up a whole lot of Iggy's in a match. But Mike Jablonski, honestly, one of the true treasures of my time doing podcasting is getting to do the Mike Jablonski's pissed off show with you, man. I hope you're still enjoying them. I know you have an everlasting pissed off element about you that you can always draw from. <laughs> People I mean, might be surprised that you're a pretty nice guy when it comes down to it. So, Well, that's, 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 that's what I want to be is the, the nicest guy. But uh, man, no, seriously though, I'm like I said earlier, I'm just happy that somebody values my opinion enough to to want to produce anything with me. Uh, I have a lot of fun I, I, with the Jablonski's pissed off episodes on YouTube. Um, they they're an out they've become an outlet of mine, so to speak, and it's yeah. good to get some of that stuff off my chest because as long as uh, shitty wrestling is out there. It gives me an endless supply of material for Jablonski's pissed off. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know that you, you know, are having a lot of fun with this. And what's fun is Mike Jablonski is an official, you know, he's an official member of the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling team when it comes down to it, because you are actually our forebearer. I'm actually talking to both of our YouTube guys here. So Jared is our Sheik's shorts, which it's funny because the way that I foresaw this, was Jared does a job that draws people to our shows. So he does the chic shorts. They're usually about the show that's either coming up or is already out. And it's something that draws the people to the show. Whereas Mike, his job is to draw the people to YouTube. So it's like a Ouroboros kind of where Mike is drawing them to YouTube. Jared takes them from YouTube to the show. The show is my job. And then we we split it all up after that. So it's great to have y'all both on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling team because, you know, it, it, it's an element of mine that I really have a lot of fun with because, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that I invented your anger, Mike, but you're not always pissed off. I don't want to ruin your gimmick here, but when you want to turn it on, you can easily go to something that has pissed you off. And I'm always impressed by how pissed off you sound. So give yourself a round of applause for that, my friend. So. <laughs> Is that a slow clap? Yeah. Sure. Oh, man. Well, well, tell us where they can find you, brother. I know we've had it on a few other shows, and it's always on the Mike Jablonski's Pissed Out. But tell people where they can find you on social media. I've said it once, and I'll say it a thousand times over. You can find me on any social media there is, at Big Picture MJ. 
uh, February the 18th. You can see myself along with my tag team partner, uh, Coco Anderson, at RWF in Gallatin, Tennessee on February the 18th. And uh, I've got some other things coming up in the new year that I can't really necessarily speak on just yet. But as soon as that information is available, I will plug, plug, plug. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And we will plug, plug, plug for you. So, you know, as we're wrapping up, you know, I I appreciate you. We had this show together. Uh, You know, I I always love having my brother involved with me on this and this journey of podcasting or whatever. But do you have anything you want to talk about before we leave, brother? No, man, I'm I'm good. I'm just excited for the Rumble. I know uh, Little Sheik is excited for the Rumble. He's been he's been counting it down since he saw an advertisement on SmackDown. So uh, yeah, he he's gonna be uh, jumping up and down with every entrant. I'm sure. So yeah. um, Well, I do want to announce this that there are some cool plans we've got going for a possible future of the plastic chic character let's just say so you guys keep your eyes out for that on all of our social medias of course those are at gmbmpw just like mike we do it all on the same name if you type in gmbmpw you'll find us on all of the social media platforms especially facebook twitter and instagram the main important thing is is thank y'all for listening to us thank you all for listening to the mike jablonski pissed off thank you for watching the chic shorts thank you for listening to the plastic chic talk about action figures whenever we do that again (laughs) yeah we'll get one soon yeah we'll get one soon and thank you all for most of all listening to us on here every other thursday on your favorite podcast app i do want to say this We do have a podcast network that we belong to. They give me back my podcast network. Those guys are all putting out some great stuff, working very hard. It's a movie-based podcast network, so we're kind of the odd man out. But in a way, it also shines a light on us because we are so different than all of the other shows. The one thing that binds us all together is that we all love nostalgia. We all love our specific subject of our show, whether it's monster movies, whether it's good beer, whether it's action or horror, whatever you like, they've got it at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network. And before we leave, I also always appreciate you all listening to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Wolfie D and I have had a lot of fun with this. We've got some amazing guests coming up. I know you guys just heard the Doug Basham episode. We've got Flash Flanagan coming up. We've got a lot of cool underground names coming up as well that we've got planned on the horizon. Uh, NWA stars, WCW stars, ECW stars, all a lot of cool plans that we've got planned on the future and you guys just stay tuned to the live and in color with wolfie d show and that's always at live wolfie d on all of these social media platforms mike jared thank you all again for hanging in with me and let me burn your ears up talking about the royal rumble we'll get back together sometime soon come wrestlemania time and we'll do another one of these if y'all are cool with that sounds good man anytime brother you just let me know All right. Well, thank you all again for listening. Once again, we're Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling. Don't forget. Fight. Jablonski. (laughs) (laughs) With a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life.
This has been a James Rock Street production.